You're listening to a not-for-print podcast, independent Australian podcasting. This episode of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands was recorded on the land of the Gadigal Wongal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to elders past and present, and we acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded, and this always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, David James Young here, back for another week of All My Friends Are In Bar Bands. Thanks so much for tuning in and checking this out. I have been off a bunch of different places. I I went to Brisbane a couple times since the last you heard from me. Uh, I've been up and down from Sydney to, to Wollongong, going back and forth. But also, in the interim... I have been backlogging a bunch of very, very fun episodes that I'm really looking forward to sharing with you very, very soon. This is the first cab off the rank. Today's guest, as you will have seen, is Charlie Collins, originally from Tamworth, now based in Sydney, a singer-songwriter that has gone through the ringer of country, through indie rock, through pop and now has ended up in a solo career that is kind of a mix of all three. We, we get into the, the various identity shifts that Charlie has faced over the years in her relatively young career. Uh, yeah, there's a lot to discuss, and uh, we get into it, and it's really, really fun. I met Charlie about three years ago. She was doing a solo tour opening for Gang of Youths, and then did a set at Fairgrounds Festival, which is where we met. She's an incredibly sweet and incredibly thoughtful, uh, just a lovely, bubbly person to be around. So we hit it off pretty instantly, and uh, I'm really thankful that uh, she took the time to speak to me about everything that she has kind of gone through musically over the last however many years, and uh, what is still to come. There is a second solo album in the can. We'll be hearing it hopefully later this year, but in the meantime, you can hear the first two singles from it, uh, the song Fuck It and the song Honey Can We Run Away, which features vocals from your friend and mine, Casey Chambers, which is incredibly cool. So yeah, definitely a bunch of cool shit to check out. You can also go back and listen to her debut album, Snow Pine, which is a gorgeous, gorgeous record. And if you're so inclined, you can head all the way back and listen to her previous life as an aspirational pop star at the helm of Tiger Town. So that's what you're going to be hearing today, and I won't leave you too much longer. We will get to that in just a sec. Just a quick reminder that this podcast is made possible with the help and the support of people just like yourself. If you like what you are hearing, it would mean the world to have you leave a positive review over on Apple Podcasts or indeed wherever you get your podcasts from. Don't forget to rate five stars and subscribe as well if you are so inclined. And if you do want to go above and beyond, you can do so by supporting me 
me over on patreon.com for as little as one dollar a month you gain access to bonus content playlists early episodes and a bunch of other stuff that i am working on at any given time as a freelance journalist as a podcaster and as a musician at the top, I want to give a big thank you to everyone that is supporting over on Patreon. So a huge shout out to Bill Robinson, Blake Hanequin, Catherine Burgess, Chris Kearns, Dave McCarthy, David Armstrong, David Beckett, Elliot J. O'Neill, Eloise Young, Felix Hubble, Jeremy Dillon, Jonathan Elvery, Carly Herring, Kira Lakova, Lachlan Kanowick, Liam Sherlaw, Mark Wilson, Mary Gleason, Matt Daria, Matthew Lynch, Nicholas Price, Paddy Abalos, Paul McWhorter, Philip Spiteri, and Will McDougall. If you would like to join this list of certifiable legends, you can do so by heading over to patreon.com slash David James Young. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash David James Young. In the meantime, if you would like to get in touch, barbandspod at gmail.com, B-A-R-B-A-N-D-S-P-O-D. You can also follow the Not For Print Podcast Network on Instagram at not for print pods. You can follow me on Instagram at DJY Writes W R I T E S. Let's cross now to my chat with the delightful Ms. Charlie Collins. <laughs> I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in bar bands. Today, I'd like to introduce you to my friend, Charlie Collins. Hey, <laughs> How you doing, girl? Yeah, I'm good. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you for asking. It is Friday afternoon. We are at Charlie's Place in Sydney, New South Wales, Australia. And... Charlie, you're back. You got some new. You got some new music out in the world after bloody forever. I know. I know. I'm back, baby. That's it's what we good. like to hear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took a took a little bit of a little bit of time off to um kind of figure out what I wanted to do and what I wanted to sound like, what I wanted to write about, and here I am now. How's it feel? <laughs> it feels good. It, oh, yeah. It's like I don't know. I feel like I can breathe properly again. <laughs> mm. So you put out two singles so far this year yeah yeah how I, I can imagine that's a very gratifying experience after so long away yeah oh man it was uh, yeah it was just it is that just feeling of just relief like it's because yeah. it's scary leading up to it because you don't know how people respond or whatever but yeah after it's out and all the love you get it's just like a big hug yeah absolutely <laughs> absolutely <laughs> Okay, so we met for the first time properly at Fairgrounds in 2018. Yes. Do you remember this? Yes, I do. I literally, like, I have the memory. I think, were you there with Courtney Barnett? I was indeed. Yes. Yes, indeed. That was Um, an incredible day. Yeah. 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 So I met Billy Bragg and Kim Deal that day. I was just like, oh. (laughs) 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 The whole time, it's just like, keep it together, keep it together. The whole time, it's just like. (laughs) Play cool, play cool. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's very difficult to do that around people you've been listening to since you were a little Yeah, she you know, was. I can but, imagine. Uh, oh, my goodness. That was within the first, like, w- at least within the first six months of you playing as, quote-unquote, 
Charlie Collins. Like, yeah. I think because you just started because the Gangs Tour had happened. That was like my first tour solo. Yeah, the Gangs yeah, Tour. Yeah. And then, yeah, this was after it, like kind of straight after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I can imagine that would have been kind of a surreal experience, like simultaneously having come as far as you did, like in your music career, but also simultaneously being at square one. You know? Yeah. It, it, oh, man. It was definitely. I don't, it was it was a scary experience, like starting yeah. from scratch, going solo. But also, it was like I don't know how many times do you get to restart your life? Yeah, <laughs> and, totally. And so that was cool, just to kind of start fresh and have a clean slate, and just kind of really just make the music and do what I want to do. Yeah, absolutely. That's the dream. That's yeah. the dream. <laughs> so I begin these by tracing back the initial interest in music, specifically where it changed over from being something that you were maybe watching on TV, listening to on the radio, etc., to transitioning into being, this is what I want to do. I want to sing. I want to play an instrument. I want to be in a band, all that sort of stuff. Can you tell me how music kind of factored into your childhood and your upbringing? And if there was any kind of switch on moment for you where it's just like, that's what I want to be. Um, yeah, well, so I grew up in Tamworth and I was raised on mainly country music. Um, of course, yeah. Yeah, so I grew up on like Johnny Cash and Patsy Cline and Hank Williams and Graham Parsons and my dad would always play those records around the house and my mum played guitar so she kind of taught me how to play guitar and... I just kind of always was singing from a young kid, like ever yeah. since I was young. And then um, I think it was just, you know, every year my dad took me to the country music festival in Tamworth they have every year and he would take me around to all the different shows. And so I'd be surrounded by live music and yeah, yeah, yeah. just kind of seeing, you know, I think I remember the first artist I saw was Leanne Rhymes. Do you remember that? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. And so she was like, I saw her when she was 13 and I would have wow, been about... So this is well before Can't Fight the Moonlight. Oh, way before, yeah. This was like <laughs> blue, that stage. Um, but she was 13 and I remember sitting like out at the front and just mesmerized that someone 13 could be singing on stage like that. Were you the same age? No, I would have been uh, eight. Right, yeah. <laughs> Actually, no, I would have been younger. I would have been like, I think like seven. Oh, wow. Because I started busking when I was eight. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> and so, yeah, ever since seeing her, I'd kind of um, just decided to um, start doing music and I went in Talent Quest. I used to busk on the streets and um, and then I kind of got a bit older. I was in like a country band with my brother and sisters and then I was in uh, more of a pop band called Tiger Town and it was just interesting like kind of the transition musically for me I grew up on country but then I don't know as you get older you get interested in so many other types of music yeah and, of course and so I don't know that's why I explored everything but then it got to a stage I guess at the end of Tiger Town where I just kind of felt like I wasn't being myself and and I just I, I you know I loved being in the band but I wasn't I kind of felt like a puppet like almost yeah. a bit numb sometimes when I would play because I didn't really I don't know, feel and believe what I was playing and didn't know who I was. And then I think that was when, yeah, I made the choice to go solo and I knew who I wanted to be because the person I wanted to be was just the the child that I used to be. What right, You know, yeah. like that passion I had when I used to sing music was was when I was like 12 years old and just kind of I would sing and write with just me and my guitar. And so I kind of just wanted to pretty much go back to my roots and – start kind of becoming that more singer-songwriter artist and evolve from there. 
Tamworth's an interesting one because, like, usually when I talk to people that grew up in, like, relatively isolated or, like, outer kind of communities, it's a matter of, you know, like, it takes, you know, hours and hours to get to the city, quote-unquote, you know, <laughs> it's this very kind of isolated feeling of, you know, like, watching TV and listening to the radio or whatever is, like, your only connection, tangible connection to, to music for a lot of the time, whereas Tamworth is curious where it's, just, like... It can be a dead zone for a lot of the time, mm-hmm. but there's this one period of time where it's like the most in-demand place to be yeah, in the, the world. Yeah, f- the festival know? in January. And yeah. it's and it's actually the crazy thing is like living there, like you go from like the population like tripling and then when the festival's over, it's literally like a ghost town, like tumbleweed literally blows down the street. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so weird. And then there's like no one in any venues yeah. hardly. And yeah. Well, that's what I'm curious about. Like, what what kind of occupied your world in those intervening like ye- like months between when these big things would kind of roll into town? Like, were you going out to like shows regularly? Like, were like country shows and stuff like that regularly happening in the area? Or um, what was the vibe? There was, was the still there was still like they would have like you know every week they would have like a songwriters gig or they would have like a jam night and stuff like that. So I would always be still playing whether it wasn't the festival and also I guess school. I was at school, which I really never really went to. Yeah. <laughs> um, and but I would just write songs like I used to like I had the most untidy room and I used to like get all my clothes and make like a pile like a little mountain I would sit on top of my little mountain of clothes and just write songs wow. <laughs> and then when my mom would come I'd just kick them all under the bed <laughs> but I did I used to just I used to love writing and just singing and I kind of yeah always have and I'm at a point now where I'm back to that love like I just love singing and playing no matter where it's beautiful yeah 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 yeah. take me back to the first time you performed live where were you how old were you so the first time it's i reckon i'm trying to remember because it all kind of rolls into one but one of like the first um main times i played on stage was um bill chambers got me up to sing at one of his jam nights. No kidding. Uh, yeah. yeah, and I used to be a massive Casey fan and um, I sang one of her songs and I didn't know that she was backstage and then she, like, surprised me and got up and sang her song with me. Um, and it was like, I just remember, I still remember that moment. I remember what I was wearing. I remember how I felt. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool first. So like she walked on while you were singing? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, While I was singing, didn't tell me I was like nine. So you can imagine a nine year old when your idol just walks out on stage and sings a song with you. Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. I think I was shaking by the end. Oh my God. Probably weed my pants a little. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah, (laughs) which is like, you know, it's cool now to, because one of the songs I just released, she sings on that with me, which is cool, like, after all these years to, like, have her now sing one of my songs with me. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. I I find, like, when you kind of have those relationships with people that you obviously, back in the day, you know, was such a reverential thing, like, you, you, you take people off pedestals like you just realize they're just people like you and me yeah but you never forget that you put them up there to begin with yeah of, oh that's absolutely true yeah yeah to- and i don't know like even still with casey like we're good friends but i still 
always will look up to her. Yeah, like, exactly. You, I just, I, I can't remove that pedestal. Yeah, no. No matter how never. much I know about her or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, I just was still. But there's people, I just, I guess there's people in my life that aren't necessarily musical, but I've always looked up to them. And I think you know, mm. even if you become friends, no matter what, you still hold them in that high regard. And I think yeah. maybe it's a form of respect and admiration and if those feelings are true, they never really kind of disappear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We move on now, growing up. Like, uh, did you have any bands in high school or anything like that? Or were you primarily just focused on, on performing by yourself with the with the busking and playing sh- like songwriter shows around town and stuff? Well, yeah. So, like I said before, I was in a country band with my brother and sister. Right. And so, you had friends. like your own little dead ringer band. Yeah, yes, exactly. It was like our own little dead ringer. <laughs> um, but that was cool. We like, yeah, we started off like playing and jamming together. And we eventually, like, you know, played, um, like, Gimpy Muster. We toured with, like, Dwight Yoakam and um, did all these really cool things for, like, kids. Like, we were teenagers. Yeah. Um, so, that was really so what, cool. What was the age disparity there? Um, I, we started that band. I would have been 13. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And so, how, how old were your siblings? Like, where are you? Are you in the middle? I'm the baby. Oh, you're the baby. Yeah. yeah right. So my brother's like a year older. Kurt. Oh, Kurt. You know Kurt. I do indeed. Yes. So Kurt used to play drums. Under the show. Yeah. <laughs> Kurt used to play drums in the band, and then my sister played mandolin. Oh wow! And, and we- so you were singing, and playing guitar. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. And so yeah, that was like my childhood. We were up. In- we stayed in that band till I was probably maybe eighteen. Right. Yeah. 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 Was that like just the second school holiday started? You were off on the road, or was it? Was he like we getting homeschooled? Like, what was the situation? Um, it was kind of like I don't know. My parents were really I don't know. They gave us a lot of freedom, so they knew that I wanted to do music and nothing else. So. The, you know, if a show came, clashed with a school day, they'd be like, well, go do the show. Like, right. that's what you want to do. Like, you hate school. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm not going to force you to go. Um, so, they were really, really supportive. And they, um, yeah, pretty much if it was school time, we had shows or tours, we would just do that yeah. <laughs> instead of school. It's probably a bad message to put out into the world. <laughs> stay don't, in school. Yeah, don't stay in school. Yeah. <laughs> How would you do, how would you describe this this band and this music? Yeah, it was pretty country. We kind of started off doing a lot of like covers gigs and stuff. So like, right. I'm talking like some of them like four hour cover gigs, and we were Whoa. like teenagers. So like now, like I remember the first time I did like we did like a proper show, and it was like yeah, so like 45 minutes to an hour, and we're like, what? That's so short. <laughs> That's it. That's it. What, are, what, what about all the sets and the four sets that we had yeah, to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that was kind of country and then it kind of went into like more kind of country pop and then a bit more rock. And Was it a matter of just like timing and stuff like that? Like did it kind of end like when you finished school? Like was it kind um, of just like when I, when I stopped being a child, <laughs> I put away childish things? Pretty much. No, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it was just one of the things that just kind of – I can't even really remember how or why, but I think maybe I think just the other guys in the band are like, you know, we want to do other things. And so we're like, okay, mm. well, that's when we um, formed Tiger Town. So it was still my right. brother and sister. And then we formed that with, right. um, yeah, my ex-partner Chris and his family. So it jumped from one family band to another. So like, like a dual family band? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Because right. it was three of them and then three of us. And so that's oh, wow. how we, when we started Tiger Town. Right. And were you still in Tamworth at this point? 
Um, no, moved to Sydney. Yeah, right. Was that always kind of the the move in the back of your head? Like, was that was that like the the aspirational big city, big smoke kind of thing? Um, I don't know. I remember I was like twenty when I moved to Sydney, and I just yeah. I literally didn't give anyone any warning. I like woke up one day and I was like, uh, I'm going to move to Sydney. And then I packed my stuff and left the next day. Whoa. <laughs> my mom was like crying. She's like, what that do you quickly? mean? Yeah. I was just kind of like, you know, what? I'm done here. You like, didn't have a job or anything lined up. It was just like, well, no, I did. I used to work at Cotton On in Tamworth and I got a transfer <laughs> to Sydney. I didn't even know the Cotton On was in Tamworth. Yeah, That's dude. Wild. Tamworth's pretty hip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We've got many shops. Not to brag. Yeah, so that was like my first job in Sydney was cotton on. There you go. Yeah. As you mentioned, there was like kind of a stylistic jump as well. Like, yeah. Were you, uh, like, is it the kind of thing where like you grow up loving something and then you're just like, oh, that's so naff. You, can you believe I used to like this kind of music? Yeah, sometimes. I definitely listen back on music that I used to make and I was just like, whoa, what was I thinking? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. think especially too when, um, Tiger Town got really, really pop. And then listening back to that, I'm like, whoa, that was me. Like, well, What prompted that? Like, what what were you kind of listening to or what were you kind of seeing that was kind of influencing that change? Um, I guess with that, because Tiger Town, yeah, we kind of started off a bit more folky. And then it kind of, yeah, we started to um, experiment more with a more of a pop sound, electronic kind of sound. And then we moved... To LA, we got signed over there. Whoa! Okay. Um, and then so we lived there for on and off for like a year, and I guess just like we were surrounded by a lot of pop writers and a lot of pop music there. And then I don't know, it just I guess we kept writing more poppier songs, and so then the people around us would be like, "Oh yeah, so that's cool. Let's do more that. Let's mm. go even more pop." And I. Literally went so pop until I literally popped and I just couldn't take it anymore. I was like, nah, I can't do this anymore. I'm down, I'm out. Did you have the headset mic? <laughs> oh my God. I reckon, like, if I kept going, that's probably what would have been the next step for oh, sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> you could have been Charlie XEX. <laughs> oh my God. I know. Nothing wrong. I think she's awesome. Oh, no, absolutely. Oh, I agree. Yeah. But just so not me. Yeah. I like, I, I don't know. I'm just, I think I'm, my arms are made to have a guitar in it. And that's it. <laughs> when and where was the first Tiger Town show? Oh, actually, you know what? It's actually a funny story. I remember one of. The, so, do you remember Hibernian House? I do indeed. So, we did a show there. That was one of our earliest shows. And this band that supported us called Gang of Views. <laughs> oh, I've heard of them. Yeah, yeah. So, this band called Gang of Views supported us at this show we did. And. I remember that moment too. My brother, who now manages gangs, was mm. like, he saw them playing. He's like, whoa, this is like, this is something real special here. Mm. And so. They, they might do okay for themselves. He's like, yeah, they might do okay. And so he kind of um, went on from Tiger Town to gangs. I remember I was like so upset. I was like, how could you leave me for another bit? Oh, no. Pretty sure I saved Dave like a, a hate email. And he thought I hated him for a while and then we hugged it out and I was like, I don't hate you. I'm just a psycho when it comes to my family. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was one of like the earlier kind of shows. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, what about touring for the first time? Like you, you mentioned that you, you toured with your family band. 
Yes. But I can imagine you wouldn't be playing a lot of the same places with Target Town. Yeah, no, we, gosh, we toured a lot. We, I mean, we you know, did a lot of like smaller tours around Australia and eventually like started to build up a following just from touring. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Target Town, which was really cool. I loved that side of things when you, I don't know, like, you know, we'd play a show in like Adelaide to like three people and then mm. we'd come back again and there'd be like, 20 people and then you come back in and then like by the end we were like selling out shows in like Adelaide and like, you know, selling out. Same thing with Melbourne, like everywhere. We kind of really played like really small shows, like drove everywhere and then kind of after touring our asses off for a bunch of years, like we kind of built our following from there, which was – that was a really cool way to do it as well. Um, And then eventually we got like Triple J support and that really helped like later on. But when we started out, we yeah, we really just taught our asses off. And what was your relationship like with performing at that point? Because like usually when, you know, these these up-and-coming bands are kind of kicking around like – that's kind of uh, kind of a virginal experience where it's just like, wow, we're playing this place for the first time. We're playing this place for the first time. And where it's just like, it was far from your first rodeo. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. It was cool. I mean, I still get like so excited to play shows. Like even like I love, I love doing pub gigs. Like yeah. I get so excited to play pub shows. It just kind of, I know I just love playing. Yeah. Um, I definitely remember... Like, this was more towards the end of Tiger Town when I just, I don't know, I was really lost mentally, wasn't well. But we, like, we went on the road with, like, Panic at the Disco. What the fuck? Yeah, in Europe. We toured with them for, like, a month and a half. Holy shit. But it was one of the... When was this? um, This would have been... pretty odd or, like... That would have been a few years ago. Yeah, maybe four... Oh, okay. Oh, so this was, like... Would have been like prayer for the wicked kind of era, like later yeah, on. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Which That's was hectic. it was really cool, but like you know we were playing like arenas and like Ali Pally, which is like you know twelve thousand people, like yeah. um, massive shows. But I just remember playing the shows and feeling so numb, like right playing all these incredible venues. We toured, like you know we went everywhere around Europe. Um, yeah. But I just remember just feeling like so numb, and it just I don't know for me it was like. It just goes to show, like, no matter how big of an audience you play to, where you're playing, if you don't love what you're doing or you don't believe in what you're doing, then you kind of, I don't know, you don't, I personally, I just didn't feel anything. Right. Yeah. But that was a really cool tour. They are like, Brennan is the nicest guy. Do you think it was a case of like, was it, was it kind of burnout? Like, was it everything kind of catching up with you? I think so. Yeah. I think I just, I don't know. Yeah. I just, again, like, I wasn't, doing so well mentally I just I felt really lost I didn't know you know I didn't love what I was singing I didn't feel like a good singer I didn't feel like an artist anymore I just kind of right. felt like a product of something that everyone else wanted me to be how did that kind of eventuate like uh, was it was it a matter of like too many cooks like you said like being in LA and being surrounded by so I, many songwriters and people kind of having so much input into what you guys were doing I think Maybe a little bit, but you know, I guess it was also me. Like I mm. kind of just along the way, I just kind of really lost her side of myself, and then you just kind of I just didn't know how to stand up for myself. So when people would say, you know, try this and try that, I'd be like, okay, 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 and then you just you kind of try and do everything that everyone around you asks of you, and then by the end, I just I didn't. I didn't even know what I was doing anymore or, you know, mm. who I was. So, you know, that's definitely, like, 
part of me not being strong enough to stand up for myself or, you know, but just, yeah, sometimes it does just happen. You kind of, you get buried in other people's ideas. Totally. Yeah. When and where was the last Tiger Town show? Um, We had like a farewell goodbye show at Oxford Art Factory, which I don't know when that was, but I'm going to say like maybe four years ago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What do you remember about that show? It was emotional. I remember it was super, super emotional. Like, I don't know, just just to – because we had so many great memories. We did some incredible tours. We, you know, it was just – traveled the world. Um, It was was just emotional. It was sad. I was excited to start a new chapter and close that one – yeah, I don't know. It was just it was quite it was just emotional in every sense. <laughs> yeah. So the wheels were kind of already turning for you to start a solo project at that point? It it, it was still undecided. I mm. I didn't know I didn't know if like me and uh, my partner at the time we were going to start a duo. Um just didn't know. And then I remember we yeah, so we played our last show and then probably like a couple of weeks later I just started writing with my guitar again, which I hadn't done in forever. Um, and I sat down and just all these songs came out and I remember I just was like, I told my brother, I was like, Hey, I have this, this time Kurt wasn't managing me. Um, I didn't have a team or anything. Um, and so I had all these songs and I told Kurt, I was like, I have all these songs. I'm going to go record them. And so me and, um, Chris and, um, our friend George just went to this little, house in Jindabyne mm. and we just put all these songs down that I wrote and we by the end I had an album <laughs> yeah right yeah so it was like unintentional it wasn't like oh, I'm gonna make an album it was just like let's put all these songs down and then they just happened to make an album and then I sent it to cut the finished thing and he was like can I manage you and I was like mm, I'll have to think about I'll it, it yeah. <laughs> but I'll see you at dinner <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's kind of when my solo stuff kind of happened it was again it was just Un- unintentional Right Yeah 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 Well what was kind of Influencing the The writing then Were, were these songs That could have been Tiger Town songs Or did you know instantly It's just like No this has to be My own thing I think I knew instantly That this was My own thing Right Just what I was writing about How the songs felt And Yeah I, I don't know It was just I just knew that It was It was gonna be me Yeah If that Yeah Makes sure. sense after that period away, do you remember the the first show you played back after all of that? Yeah, it was at it was for the like the King Street Coral. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, at Waywards, I remember. And then, actually, I'm pretty sure like the the second song, the whole PA cut out. <laughs> something oh God. like that. Actually, that's happened to me like another time before. Something happens. I have bad luck with PAs just shitting themselves and turning <laughs> off. Um, so that was my first show, which was scary and cool. And I don't know, just it was exciting. It's the first time I'd played in a long time and actually felt something. Yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know. I just felt like it was me again. And then after that, I did their gangs tour, which yeah. was Well, yeah, that's, that's getting thrown pretty in the deep end, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's one It's one thing to kind of start small and do like a couple of club shows and stuff like that. It's just like, how does six end more theatres? I know, I know. It was pretty, and I was so green as well. Like, it was scary for sure, but it was nice because obviously it was just like, 
I know the boys, they're like family course, to me. Yeah. And so at least it's not with like a band that I don't know. Like yeah, so I yeah, felt yeah. really comfortable. It was definitely cool though, like playing some of those venues, getting to play, yeah, the Enmore Theatre, which I'd always dreamed about playing. Oh, 100%. Yeah, it was yeah. very, very cool tour. <laughs> Had your relationship with performing kind of changed again? Like you, you mentioned kind of being dissociated and unsatisfied towards the end of Tiger Town. Like, do you feel like it was kind of a reinvigoration process doing all this stuff again? Yeah, I think, yeah, I think so. Like, it, I, I, yeah, like I said, it was just an instant kind of feeling when... I started my solo stuff. It, I know, yeah. it wasn't like a gradual thing. The first time I played live, first time I recorded the album was like, fuck yes. Yeah. <laughs> when you're young, I feel like you're, you, you have this very idealistic view of what it's like to be a musician, what it's like to tour and what it's like to be in a band and all that sort of stuff, you know, because like we're raised on like these, you know, very idealistic, like rock documentary biopic kind mm. of things. And, you know, and there's always those moments in those sto- in like VH1s or whatever, where it's just like, and this is where they made it, quote unquote, you know, like they'll, something will, some moments will happen for them and, you know, they'll have achieved everything they set out to. Yeah. It, it's this very trite and like idealistic version of you know what it's actually like but i feel like every musician deep down one way or the other has those little moments for themselves whether that's getting to play a certain venue travel to a certain country have you know someone they admire acknowledge what they do or something like that like yeah when you look back on what you've been able to do thus far in your career like what are what are kind of the moments that stick out for you it's just like if like child me or teenage even teenage me knew that I was doing this right now, they wouldn't believe me. I guess, like, I mean, it's not the style that I do now or anything, but definitely yeah. the Panic at the Disco tour, like, sure, yeah. was pretty wild. Like, I don't know, again, like, being younger and, like, listening to Panic at the Disco when yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. you know, full emo phase. So that was pretty cool. I mean, there's so many things, though. Like, I've accomplished so much that I never thought I would dream of and it's not even big it's just little things like making a a solo album was like a huge dream for me which I'd never done that before like ever never really like made an album in general so you know that was stuff I don't know I, I love like the little things I remember there was this interview my dad found when I was 12 and I played this like big show in Tamworth mm. um, with like Keith Urban and a bunch of country stars Holy on it. Holy shit! Wow. And I remember I got um, it was me and Keith who got interviewed for like Current Affair. How old was he? Oh God, I don't know. He would have been like. <laughs> was he still like young and up and coming? Yeah, yeah. Oh, he'd no. He'd this by this time he'd moved to America. He was pretty okay. like established at this point. But I, this interview, they were like, "So where do you see yourself in like ten years time, and what do you want to do?" And I was like, I remember in the interview I said. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing. And if something happens, that's a bonus. And I guess that's something that's always stuck with me. And I still feel that same way. Like, yeah, I've so, there's so many times I was like, fuck music. Like I give up, but then I literally, it'll go two days and I'll be like, Oh, I need to pick up my guitar. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I can't do anything else. Cause it's, it's like embedded in me. Do you feel like the motivation to continue writing and performing and, and, and touring and, you know, kind of existing within this world, do you feel that's the same as it was when you were first kind of starting out? Do you feel, or do you feel like it's kind of shifted contextually as you've gotten older? In what way? 
So, like, like I guess when you're young, you have this very clear outset of just like this is what I'm doing, and like it's going to sound like this, and I I'm going to sound like this person, this person, and this person. You yeah, know? Like yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, yeah. It's it's very ideal, idealistic, but you know you have this very clear outset. Whereas yeah. you know you kind of get older and and you know things can motivations can yeah. kind of change. You yeah, know? It yeah. Can oh, change, yeah. Like contextually, maybe yeah. just like. Even towards the end of Tiger Town, it's just like, you know, it's just like, oh, I don't really want to do this, but, you know, it's like, it's good exposure, it's good money or whatever yeah. like that, you know, like it can, you, you know, the focus can be more on a career as opposed to, you know, from a, a, a like, I guess, an artistic standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you mean. Now, I, I don't really, like, there's music that I love and that I am influenced by, like, um, you know, f- for my soul, yeah. Um, and as a person, but I don't know. I just I think even lately I haven't really been making music and being like, okay, I want to go in this direction. I want it to sound like that. Like mm. even with these new songs I wrote, just kind of wrote them without any thought. It just kind of just yeah. came out. Like I never really overthink when I write. And then when we recorded them. Again, it wasn't like, or oh, maybe we should kind of go in this direction or sound like this. It kind of, it just, everyone just played the fucking song. And then yeah. that's, I don't know, it just like, it happened really organically, which is, which is cool. There was no yeah. like intention to sound like something or going for a particular sound. Mm. And yeah, that leads us up to right now. And obviously this is another record on the way. Yeah, 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 working on that. Yeah, Keep changing my mind. <laughs> oh, we, oh, is it is it getting down to like the the final points? So just like what's going to go where on the record? It's just more like I just keep writing, and so like I recorded a bunch of songs last year, mm. but now it was like okay, cool, yeah, that's going to be um. But now I'm like writing more, so I'm like, oh shit, well no, I now I want this one on the album, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it it definitely has to come to a point because you're always going to be writing. I'm yeah. always going to be writing. Where I'm just going to be like. Just fucking put it down. Yeah, yeah. Just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I guess I, ju- I just, I, don't, I just want, I want this album to be really great, mm. you know? And 100%. I just, yeah. I just, I don't know. I just want to put all my best songs forward, whatever style, whatever they are. I just, I don't know. I just really, I just really want to make this album something really fucking great. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll wrap it up here. But before we do that, I ask this of all of my guests, and now it is your turn, Charlie. I want to know about the best and the worst shows that you've ever played. The worst? I mean, is this uh, through my whole life? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Well, this is more an embarrassing show. Um, <laughs> when we were younger, in the country band I was in, we played. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, I think it was like Australia Day. We played on this floating stage that was just floating around <laughs> Darling Harbour. Right. And then I like... Went to, I was trying to be really cool and rock and like I got on my knees and then the boat kind of like moved pretty like hard and then I went to get up and I literally just fell right back down on my ass and like oh, my I guitar was like, you fell, fell into the ocean. Oh no, but well, I went the other way and I, my dad over, he films 
everything and he has it on camera. Yeah, he fucking has it on camera. And it was so embarrassing. Like, because it was like thousands. Seriously, I think. Reversing it and going in Oh my God. And like, my jeans kind of fell down, so my ass crack was showing. And it was like, it was so embarrassing. So that was like. Oh no. That sucked. Um, Oh my God. And um, the best show. God, that's really hard. Like, I love all the shows. It's like trying to pick your favorite child. They all are great for a different reason. But I don't know. I guess probably like the last show I did, that was – I really loved that. That was like the first time I'd played for almost a year since COVID. And it was just that – I don't know. It was just a nice feeling like people going to shows again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was playing like a bunch of the new songs. So it was like fresh and exciting. I know it's kind of lame, but it's – of course, yeah. That was – I don't know. I remember that gig and it was just – I just remember it felt really fucking great to play again. And everyone was excited by music. It was like everyone just got – this refresh of their love for music. Like, do you feel that? I feel like everyone more than ever yeah. is so excited to go see live music. And yeah, I think for sure. everyone's really supporting it and just keen to see live music, which yeah. for a while I felt like, I don't know, there was maybe a bit of a, a lull, like, but sure, yeah. never for you. You're literally at every show. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like you have a twin because I see you at a show <laughs> and then, like, you're somewhere else, like, and it, I don't know, you're just, you somehow were everywhere. I'm like the wind, baby. You are like the wind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I reckon that's my favorite show. That's beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Charlotte, you have some new music out. Please uh, pedal your wares. Plug plug your songs. Oh, yes. Yeah, so I've got um, a new song out called Fuck It. So that's like out on all the platforms. And another song called Honey, Can We Run Away? Lovely. Have you, have you done it? Have you done like a radio censored version? Forget it. <laughs> oh, it, oh, I think I did see emails floating around. Can we have a non swearing version? So I've definitely, I recorded a non swearing version. Tell them to get fucked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Oh, you know what I love too? Like, I love that I have the E next to yeah. my song on Spotify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes oh. me feel tough. Yeah, that's 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 the modern version of the oh, you parental get the- advisory sticker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm like R-rated, bitch. Oh, look out! Oh, adults only, Charlie Collins. Adults only. Thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today. Of I really course. appreciate it. Thank you for coming to hang out in my pad. Absolute bloody pleasure. <laughs> I'm David James Young, and all my friends are in Barbados. You've just listened to a not-for-print podcast. Independent Australian podcasting.